Welcome to Modern Dadhood. It's an ongoing conversation about the joys, challenges, and general insanity of being a dad in this moment. My name is Adam Flaherty. I'm a father of two daughters, six years old and three years old, and I'm on vacation with my family this week, so I'm not going to hear Mark. I'm currently sitting on a porch of a house with a big open yard in front of me. Beyond a line of trees, there is a 180-degree canvas of the beautiful White Mountains of New Hampshire. My kids are in bed. My brother-in-law and I have retreated outside here to the porch to listen to the peepers and unwind with a beverage. Let's take a moment to enjoy the peepers and the sound of the, the White Mountains. sounds of nature. That was a good one. Oh, that was good. So the guy sitting next to me is Chad Richardson, who sometimes I refer to as Chadwick Mm. or Bad Chad. Uncle C. Uncle C to my girls. Sticko is one that your girls came up with. We haven't said that one in a long time. Mm -hmm. Hanging Chad. Yeah, that one went out like about 12 years ago. It, it It was six years outdated 12 years ago. Or the Chad was great. If you remember that reference. Uh, That that was my quote in uh, my high school yearbook, my senior year. (laughs) Just the Chad. Was was it the Chad? No, the Chad was great. The Chad was awesome. Was that? I feel really dumb. Charlie's Angels. Oh, really? Tom Green was Chad. For some reason, I was thinking it was either Road Trip or Freddy Got Fingered, which wouldn't make sense because he was Freddy. Freddy. Yeah. Yeah. So Chad is a senior leadership development director. I guess I didn't realize that you were so important. It sounds more important than it really is. And a big part of your job is organizing huge events back when those were a thing. Yep. We used to gather a lot of people together in a small room. Can't do that anymore. Chad also happens to be one third of the hosts of Mm. your own podcast called I'll Tell You What. Do you want to give the elevator pitch for I'll Tell You What? We've mentioned it on the show before, but hearing it from Chad himself is going to be a lot more meaningful. Yeah, um, (laughs) I'm part of I'll Tell You What. It's a conversational podcast. Our tagline is your weekly dose of uninformed analysis. We've been on a summer hiatus for a bit, but we're going to be coming back with some fresh episodes here in season three. And it's really three great friends who pick on each other, have the conversations that you have with close friends. And also, if you're looking to just burn some time because you don't want to think about things, you're not going to walk away from I'll Tell You What knowing more. It's it's different than modern dadhood. Modern dadhood is quality. <laughs> I'll Tell You What is quantity. That's what we're bringing. quantity. Um, I know that people can find I'll Tell You What on Spotify. Is there anywhere Spotify, else? Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Essentially, the main three. Like, if you're tied into whatever your phone comes with, we got you covered. And then Spotify covers everybody else. Uh, Chad's been married to my sister-in-law, Kate, for coming up on two years. And, uh, well, good evening to oh, you, sir. Good evening. Thanks for having me. There's something else pretty big happening in your life right now. Uh, maybe it would be appropriate for you to share. Oh, like a reason why I might be on the Modern Dadhood <laughs> podcast. Yeah, man. Yeah, my my wife and I are expecting our first child in November. Yeah, that's huge news for our family and everybody's just so totally excited about it. 
so much of the reaction from my coworkers and just like the people I've been able to share with are like, wow, you're going to be a good dad. And mostly it's because of my dad fashion. Like I'm coming in, already got the LL Bean flannel line pants. <laughs> yep. Already a fan of the Chuck Taylors. I'm just going to rock out. Like people legitimately are like, oh, that baby's going to be rocking Chuck Taylors. Oh yeah. When it came out and just like the dad jokes I've been practicing for the better part of three decades. Yeah. You've uh, got the humor part down to a science. Uh, so I'm not worried about that. Now we're recording in mid-August 2020. So the baby's due in about three months-ish. about that? And then you're going to be a dad, man. How does that feel? It's exciting. I, I go through waves, but I'm exci- excited is always there. And then like time is crazy right now. Like we've gone like week to week and like we're counting it down or watching the like what to expect videos that so many people I think are have also watched through this and like what may seem like three days is actually two weeks have gone by and we're watching like new videos and it's just time is slipping away it's so weird these days yeah it's a a very very bizarre time you and Kate will have this baby keep hearing the word unprecedented like every day and I'm starting to really hate it but you're gonna have a baby during a really unprecedented time in our lives something we've never experienced before that must be pretty unsettling in some ways it has been um especially in like the first couple of weeks it was nerve-wracking to find out that like jobs were changing um you had to stay at home all commutes were non-existent um, and we were pregnant with a child and like trying to figure all that out when all this, like not only like world changing, but also medically world changing stuff was taking place. And so much like unfolded at the same time that like for us, they're intertwined, the pregnancy and the like fall into the pandemic. And so much like we don't, we can't tease them apart either. The, the nerves of finding out that you're a parent, the excitement mid March was an interesting time because that's when the world changed. We started working from home. The like scale of what the pandemic was going to be started to come to light. And then one week into working from home, we found out that my wife was pregnant and our family was going to be expanding. So for us, the stay at home orders, the pandemic, the being pregnant have all been tied together in our experience. And the first couple of weeks, that was a stressful experience, but we've definitely been able to realize the the silver linings of being able to spend so much time together as a family during this very special time. If that was a, a different time and then we were going through this together, it would have been a different experience. So we're really trying to hold on to those blessings of the experience as well. Yeah, we've been doing that too, just really trying to focus on the silver linings and the positives that we can find in such a terrible time. How are some of the ways that your experience would be different going through this pregnancy in the normal world? In a normal world, like we would have been in different places during the workday and my wife would have had an hour plus commute to get to work. Right. And the first trimester, she definitely had some of the morning sickness experience. She didn't have to do that at the office. She could like fake her way through a Zoom call and then like spend time in the bathroom or like lay down in her own bed instead of like trying to fake it through an office where people didn't know quite yet because we were waiting for our own time to communicate. So that was nice. And then also just small things of like, we could have lunch together 
yeah. in the middle of the day. I could get dinner going and like writing, like I was able to be a support in a different way than I think if we had been in different physical spaces, both had commutes, come home and been like stressed from the day at work and then try to like engage with each other. I think it would have been a different experience instead of like, okay, we're done with work. Let's go for a walk. Yeah. I mean, engaging with each other is one thing and just being able to talk about, you know, planning for having a baby and being excited about it, but also Sometimes when you're working an eight to five or a nine to five yeah. and add you had the commute, like there's literally not enough hours in the day to do all the things that you need to do before the baby comes. Yeah. Right. Like create the baby's room, yeah. a place where the baby's going to sleep. Yeah. What do you think about after the baby comes? You know, everybody's everybody wants to come and visit and see the yeah. baby and hold the baby. How, what are you guys thinking about about that stuff in terms of safety? We are trying to like stay up to date with the local guidelines and looking at the medical experts for some guidance on things and also wanting to play cautious yep. with that. So we're excited for the point that like people are able to meet our baby, but we'd much rather do that at like three or six months when we can trust that things are going to be a safe environment than trying to risk it too early. And that's like really tough because I think both my wife and I are people who rely on our community of people for the emotional support. And totally even just like we've experienced it here on vacation, sharing physical space with people like rejuvenates your energy in a mm -hmm. way that like you can. So we've been lucky that with our girls, you know, we live in a neighborhood where yep. we've got neighbors who we socialize with, you know, from a safe distance and, you know, have been able to open up our social circles very cautiously, yeah. like a little bit, you know, and we still keep our distance, you know, but it's nice to be able to have interaction with people who we like, but I can't imagine being in, in your shoes, you know, where you're outside of Boston, you know, you have friends in the area, but no, you're not in the same type of, you know, neighborhood where you really, you know, personally know the people who are around yeah. you and could just come together and sort of even, you know, sitting across a fire pit or something socialize. So it's got to be really tough. What do you think you're most excited for? So I don't, I don't mean in just having a newborn, but like long-term, what excites you about having a child? It's interesting because I think so much of being a parent is based on your experience with your parents and what you like or didn't like, or like hindsight allows you to realize things that were important to you or whatnot. And so trying to tease out some of those things and how I want to approach conversations and essentially like steal some of the best practices or mm -hmm. do the things that my parents did that I really appreciate or avoid the missteps that I may have had gripes with. So as we've been going through our conversations nightly, it's kind of like thinking about the future. We're fortunate that like with you and your girls, we're able to be here as part of it and have some of those conversations or see you and Sarah approach that too. And yep. we're excited to have a similar philosophy to what you all are doing and to be able to like, just have community around us of people that are in similar phases and can help bounce off. Like how do you help redirect a child's like energy when they're melting down or they're trying to express their emotions, but like <laughs> they don't have the vocabulary for it. Yeah. And you've been part of our family 
you know, my older daughter is six and a half now. And I think she was one, one and a half. Yeah. Little, yeah. Around one and a half when I met her for the first time, right. we baby Katie and I um, babysat for her one point in time when she was just like toddling around, still wearing diapers, opening bathroom doors and such. So, which she still does. Still as does. You've seen yeah. On this vacation many times. <laughs> so you've been in their family for as long yeah. as, and you've seen on this vacation, we're mm-hmm. coming, coming towards the end of a week together. And we've done this for the last several years that we haven't mastered how to redirect those crazy mood right. swings and meltdowns. You know, every time it's different and there's lots of different variables that contribute to how we might react to it each time. But what I will say is you and Sarah are very intentional with the way that you react to their reactions. Um, and that's something that I admire about watching how you interact and like you two are purposeful on it because your girls are smart, but sometimes they're smart asses too. Oh yeah. And so very often, like I've had to turn away and laugh because as the outside observer, that's not my kid. Mm-hmm. That's my niece dropping like wicked lines on <laughs> Adam or Sarah, yeah. who I'm a friend close enough that like when they get burned, I think it's hilarious, but also I don't want to break face in front of your girls so that they realize how funny they are because yeah. I know it's, it's like, yeah, you don't want to encourage sometimes it. it's hilarious. And so like realizing how you, you, you're both good at pausing, choosing your like next step. And then every once in a while it's like dessert is gone for the rest of your oh, life. Yeah. yeah fuck you it. have crossed the line. And then like also then watching you walk that back is hilarious <laughs> from my perspective. Oh my gosh. We, uh, we, I mean, I'm not proud of it, but like we have to threaten them a lot just because they're, they are in this phase where they are just having so much trouble, like listening and following directions that we Mm -hmm. resort to threatening them with taking something away. And a lot of times the things that we're threatening to take away are the things that we rely on for like a little bit of respite, you know, (laughs) like a TV show or something, which it's nice to be able to put something on when you know, it's been a really um, crazy day and like they need a little downtime and we need a little downtime. But when they're misbehaving, like that's the first thing that pops into your head to like threaten them with because they love being able to watch a show. Mm -hmm. And we do the same thing too, that you said, like when they say something totally ridiculous or like sarcastic, sometimes we look at each other and have to try really hard not to (laughs) laugh too, because you don't want to encourage the behavior. But Sometimes it's just so funny. Yeah. So I know that you haven't been able to attend the uh, doctor's appointments Mm, with the OBGYN. And for me, that was a really exciting thing to do, you know, to hear the heartbeat and have that moment of excitement in person. Obviously, because of the virus, um, there are limitations on you being able to, to go places. Yeah. Up to this point, most of like the first preliminary things, like we've done a mixture of video calls, which I've been there, or Katie's gone and I've waited out in the parking lot for like the first sonogram, blood work and stuff, and they condense a lot of stuff together. But for the 20 week sonogram, I was able to go in because of just where that was located in the building that it was taking place and had different protocols in like the larger facility. So I was able to be there for the 20 week and I was able to see the like ultrasound scan over our baby's face. I was able to see vertebrae and it was such a moment of like sitting there watching is, is almost like you can change the settings on your phone for your camera. I wanted to change the setting in my mind to like 
record in like high depth all of what I was seeing yeah. and like take it all in because it was, yeah, it was the like first experience that I'd had in a doctor's office to like help make this as real as possible. Unless things take a major turn for the worst with the virus, you will be I'll able be, to be in the delivery room. Yep. I can't imagine what it would be like to not be allowed to be in oh, there. I, I hope it doesn't get to that point. And, but like at the same time, I try to keep the, level head of like if regulations are in place that that is a situation like it means that the world is in a serious enough place that they're making those kinds of calls yep and the health and safety of my wife and child are the number one priorities like my experience i want to i want to be like present i want to be aware doesn't even like hold a candle to the flame of just the health and safety of what they are and like don't get me wrong. I want to be in the room where it happens, the room where it happens uh-huh. when the baby is born. Yeah. But um, I want to like respect the, the health and safety directions of the hospital as well. What you just did there was like kind of a classic dad joke. Yes. Just classic dad humor. It's like, I got this. I'm sitting on it. Oh, I'm going to yeah. force it in here. Well, thank you for not letting the opportunity go away. Are there any books or resources or videos or anything that you've been really digging into and, you know, finding particularly useful? So there's been a couple of books and like, it's interesting because for my wife, there's a ton of like books that are out there. The one that I've been like leaning into is The Expectant Father and its fourth edition that was published in 2015. I do have another book that's a little bit more like hipster cartoony. Yeah. And they match each other on essentially like the advice that they're going through the stages of development. Is that the one that I gave you? The dad's survival guide? No, that's yet, yet a different one okay. too. So I do have a small library of them that I've been reading through. The Expectant Father I've, I've really liked. Um, it does seem like more of a academic read yeah, because it does have a lot of references to research studies and things like that. But I, I feel like I can trust it a little bit more. When... When in the writing it says bro or like dude, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm like, come yeah, on, come like, on. I get it, like, but also I'm not like this Neanderthal dad dude. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm a caricature of yeah. so many things, <laughs> but I'm in like I'm an intelligent person. I want to be intentional as a father, and I don't want to just fumble through this experience. I want to be present, and I want to be involved. And I want to help shape and co-raise my child. I don't want to be like just the dude who shows up every now and then. Right. I want to take the work seriously, take myself not too seriously as a dad. I think that's a good approach. And honestly, I think some of those books are, you know, they're just sort of a novelty thing, like yeah. a gift to give somebody that's yeah. like like the... It's like the over-the-hill 40 like yeah. stuff that you'd buy at Spencer's Gifts. The chuckle the that you get opening that gift is just as important as any of the content and more important, you know, it's really just for the entertainment value of giving and receiving that gift, I think. So you mentioned, you know, being influenced by your own upbringing and your relationships with your parents, which is something that Mark and I talk about a lot on the show. I've met both of your parents Mm, at your wedding a year and a half ago. How do you think that your relationship with your parents individually will impact who you are as a father it's interesting because like i've been doing a lot of reflecting around this recently especially like once we found out that we were going to be parents like 
so much of that comes into reflection space. Um, but my parents were in a much different like phase in life and it even like correlates to the book I'm reading. Like I'm 32, I'm going to be 33 when my child is born. My mom was 18. My dad was 23 when I was born. So like they were in a much different kind of like phase and I was a surprise baby. Being able to like make choices is something that mm-hmm. is different versus like trying to be resourceful and figure things out. Um, but then looking back, things that stand out to me is I know my mom like figured out like work situations that like to do what it took to make sure that my, my sister and I had what we needed to. Yeah. And then there's like very particular lessons I learned from my dad. Like when it came to like mechanical things, I learned how to like change a tire, change the oil on the car. Yeah. Because like he showed me the steps to go through, guide me through, let me hold the wrench and stuff to the point where I got confident enough in understanding what was going on. And I'd say that like, when I look back on those moments, like he taught me so much about how things work. Mm -hmm. I feel like as a parent, you can do something in half an hour or you can include your child and it's going to take an hour and a half. My dad oftentimes leaned into let's do the hour and a half. You're going to learn how to do this. So then like in the future, you know how to do it. And I feel very comfortable and confident when it comes to like physical engineering sort of stuff because I was exposed to it and trusted to do things. And when it didn't work, I was also trusted to figure my way out of it too. Yeah. Yeah. My dad didn't do a lot of that with me. He, I mean, he was and is an awesome dad, Mm, but I've had the benefit of meeting him like multiple times times and like, yeah, but he, you know, there wasn't a lot of that. Like I didn't learn how to change oil or, Mm, you know, change a tire. I've learned some of that stuff since, but like, you know, buying a house has forced me to learn how to do a lot of stuff by watching YouTube videos. You know, there's other ways you can get that, that experience. And, but part of me is like, you know, it would have been good to, to get some of those basic skills growing up. So in some ways, I think you're, you know, you're lucky that, you know, you were underneath the car learning how to change the oil at 10 years old, 11 years yeah. old. I think that, that getting that experience growing up will probably be something that you share with your That's my children. hope. Yeah. And like it, uh, so much of it is going to depend on just the interest of my child, too. And I think trying to toe the line of like, how do you expose a child to something so they can figure out if they're interested in, in it or yeah. like kind of forcing it down their throat and all that. So trying to figure things out. My parents did a great job when I was a kid of like, I was in dance class. I was in karate classes. I was like showing animals at county fairs. I was doing all sorts of stuff. So they did a great job of exposing me to a bunch of things so I could figure out what I was passionate about and what I wanted to pursue as I like went through the transition into an adult and really was able to like figure out where I'm going to invest my time. Is there anything that you, you know, pandemic aside that you're particularly scared about or feel unsure about or like unprepared for? I feel like we're lucky. I'm, I'm the oldest of five. So, and some, a couple of my sisters came up when I was like a teenager. So like my sister destiny was born when I was 13. My sister Maria was born when I was 18. So I like had experience with them as babies. I've changed diapers. I've like yeah. put kids in car seats and stuff. So I'm not worried about some of that stuff that I think is intimidating for some first time dads. We're fortunate that a lot of our friends and family have gone through raising kids recently. Yeah. And I feel like there's a difference with like 
first time parents and second time parents. Mm-hmm. We're like super cautious and all this second time parents, no kids bounce. And like when they fall, they're not broken and <laughs> all these things. So I th- my desire is that we shoot for like, we want to have a, a 1.5 child mentality yeah. with our first child. Like we want to like not put them in like risk of bodily harm, but we want to give them enough space to like fall down or like go through the phases without hovering too much. We'll see how that works when they're actually here. And that's a great philosophy going into it with all that context, you know, hopefully you can follow through on that. Yeah. Is there anything that you can think of right in this moment that you would say to future Chad, who is a father of a one week old infant and is up most hours of the night? just trying to stay sane. Some of those live events that I used to work, we didn't have like appropriate staffing and time management. So there was a couple years where like for this week, week and a half long conference, I was getting one to two hours of sleep a night and then like running a, a conference for a thousand people. Wow. And so in that, my body like shifted into a different kind of sleep that I feel like my body might return to for this. And it's like very light level. And typically it takes me a while to fall asleep and then I go into a deep sleep and stuff. But for that like period of time, it would be very like I'd fall asleep right away. And then when I'd wake up, my mind would be racing. Mm. I feel like I'm going to like revisit some of that. Um, and it's like physically tolling. But then also the way I drink my coffee now <laughs> is like pour over. So it's like very hipster esque in the method. Yeah. But I usually drink Maxwell house coffee or Folgers, like okay. very like consumer friendly oh, yes. coffee that's in it. But through conversations with you and like seeing how you utilize your, your coffee maker with a timer, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to move away from boiling a pot of water, pouring it over the individual cup to purchasing a coffee maker that I can set the time. Like sure. it's going to brew a pot of coffee at five o'clock or whatever it is. Yeah. It's ready to go. And I'm probably going to keep some in the like fridge too. That's just like iced coffee. It's like whatever, if I'm going to be up for an hour, yeah, let's drink something. So I'm, I'm very much like I typically run on caffeine as it is. So I think that's going to tick back up, but also I'm excited to be like doing that for the purpose of being a father with yeah. my child. Like that seems so motivating compared to like some of the like work experiences or like younger age, like party, like inspirations that I had for like lack of sleep. Come on. Like this is my child. I'm so stoked to be like holding my child that I've created with like my partner. Yeah. Who I love like unconditionally and so like deeply and we're like in this incredible partnership and like, this baby is like the manifestation of like our love and commitment to each other, like coming to life. Like, holy cow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think you've just scored some brownie points on that one. So well done. Uh, So I've had this vision since long before you and Katie were pregnant that one day when you had a newborn, I think I've told you about this, Mm -hmm. that I wanted to come down to your house and like pull an all nighter. Um, and every time you got up with the baby, I would start recording and, you know, those first few weeks especially can be so challenging mm-hmm. and so trying. And I remember just feeling in my own experience, like I was just totally delirious and exhausted. And, you know, I've always thought that it would be 
really interesting to try to capture some of that with you. Yeah. Would you be cool with doing something like that? Ideal wise? Yes. Let's see where the pandemic's at. Sure. That's fair. And like, I'm also a podcaster. So like if we can't do the, like you and me in the same room. Yeah. I'm just imagining the idea of like you sleeping and then me calling you and say, let's hop on the zoom. Yeah. I've got the baby now. Um, I'm down. It's like an interesting idea, but like whatever it takes, like, especially if there's lessons to be learned, I feel like the way that you two have positioned your podcast is like, there's nuggets to walk away from this that maybe you do take a lesson or my podcast. We don't do that. <laughs> sure. People may be able to learn that. And if like through my processing that in like taking coaching with you, somebody can gain something. Hell yeah. Let's do that. Let's like share resources with the other dads out there. All right, man. Well, you're committed now. No backing down listeners. This is not the last you will hear of Mr. Chad Richardson. Chad, thanks for the conversation. You know that we'll support you in any way we can. We're so psyched for you. Our family is so excited. My girls can't wait to have a new baby cousin. And you guys will just be awesome, awesome parents. Thanks for doing Modern Dadhood. Thank you so much. We're excited to be able to like pick your brains on stuff too, because it makes sense on paper, but I realize raising a kid isn't on paper. It's in real life. <laughs> the wisdom of a dad-to-be... Dads, you can find Modern Dadhood on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Pocket Casts, wherever you like to listen, as well as moderndadhood.com. We always appreciate it when you take a moment to give us a quick rating and a review on Apple or a like or a share on Facebook or Instagram. We would invite you to email us anytime at hey, H-E-Y at moderndadhood.com. I want to send a big thanks to Casper Baby Pants and to Spencer Alby for the music you hear in Modern Dadhood and to Pete Morse at Red Vault Audio for always making us sound awesome. And also... Adam. Huh? Adam. Mark, is that you? Yeah, it's me. What are you, what are you doing here? I'm not technically here. Oh. I'm a figment of your imagination. Man, what a relief. I've missed you. I know, I know. It's been weird doing this without you. Don't worry. I don't feel betrayed. Oh, well, thank you for saying that. Uh, do you want to? Do you want to close us out? Absolutely. All right. And thank you, as always, to your moms and dads listening. Thank you, dads and moms. <laughs>